0: Bell a and a touchdown. Fell into the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder, 85 yards. Darnold escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires end zone, it's caught. Incredible play by Darnold. He'll hit immediately. He got the handoff, You know that's <laughs> the q Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you.
1: From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet, my name is Scott Mason, you can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1, and no training camp today, so instead, the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com, and above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley is here to help us answer some training camp questions. Chris, you ready to answer some inquiries about what's going on at training camp?
0: I mean, I guess. Let's go. <laughs> this hasn't been the most the most, the fun, most fun, entertaining training camp, but let, let's go.
1: <laughs> First question from Harry Skillman. This is a good question because I've been wondering this myself. He says, what's going on with Adoga and Fant? Is it even a competition? I don't think I've heard a word about either of the two. Can you shed a little light on this?
0: You know, it's funny because I was thinking about that too just the other day. I was sitting there going through by the roster and I was like, Oh yeah. Chuma Doga. What happened to that guy? Um, this is, this is uh, one of the the things about this year's uh, setup for training camp. I, it's, I haven't noticed a Doga out there um, because of where they have us positioned and how hard it is sometimes to see the field. I can't just walk around and see whatever I want. So Normally, I can walk up and down the sidelines, and I, I would normally have made a point to be like, I'm going to watch the backup right tackle when the second team comes on. I can't do that. So there's only like a handful of times that I can get a decent view of Adoga or even of fan. What I've seen of fan is, yeah. Not, nothing to write home about, nothing to really talk about one way or the other. He's gotten beat a bunch. She's done all right at times holding up, but nothing that's going to excite anybody. Um, and I haven't seen anything from Adoga enough one way or the other to, uh, to move the needle at all. Like the amount of times that I've seen Adoga and looked and seen like something jumped out, good or bad. It's just so small that I, I just don't know what what I can really add at this point. So this is one of those negative things about this year's training camp. But I, I just don't – I think it's fans' job. And there's – I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen Adoga getting reps with ones. I haven't seen him doing enough, uh, you know, with the second team. I haven't heard anybody – On the coaching staffs or players mentioning him. I haven't heard or or seen any of the other reporters talking about him doing anything good. Because again, there there was definitely a possibility that there was 10 to 20 reps of Adoga that I could have seen that I just was looking at the other side on that play or I was looking at the secondary on that play. So maybe there was others for other report stuff for other reporters to see, but I haven't heard any of them talk about it either. Uh, so that just leads me to believe that George Fant's going to be the uh, the starting right tackle, and they'll use <clears throat> they'll probably use Doga as a backup swing tackle, maybe you know the sixth tackle, uh, in in heavy sets. Um, I don't know that you're going to see him moved inside, but it, it's possible, especially with uh, uh, they just announced that uh, Greg Van Rotten's going to be the. Uh, Routon's definitely going to be the starter, assuming he's healthy. They announced it after they say that you know he had hurt, got hurt and everything, so that's interesting. Uh, so it's possible you could move him inside. Uh, I'll I'll definitely try to uh, take a closer look at him tomorrow if it uh, the arranging of us and the the play uh, allows that. But yeah, I, I just haven't seen enough to make. It. To make me feel like it's even close to a competition between him and Van.
1: There was also a question here about Bryce Huff. A lot of hype around him coming into training camp because the Jets are very thin at pass rusher. In fact, they had that injury to Terrell Basham, so even more so now you would think that an edge rusher would get a shot. But we haven't heard anything about Bryce Huff. What's going on there?
0: Uh, you haven't heard anything about him because I haven't seen him do anything. Like I, I, I have not seen now. I, there's the, the, uh, offensive line has struggled really bad. They struggled really bad against the run. They struggled really bad against the pass, but that pressure is coming from that defensive line. Those big guys, especially the inside creating that pressure. Jordan Jenkins is getting it. I, before Basham got hurt, he was generating a bunch of pressure there, but I just haven't seen anything from Bryce Huff. Uh, and again, uh, uh, it's the same thing as I was talking about with Adoga and Fant. Um Hey, he could have generated more than I've been able to see. But I, again, haven't heard anyone talking about him yet. He ha- he's not a name that's come up. He's just, I just have not seen anything, anything, anything Play like a jet.
1: Play like a jet. Next question comes in from Mark Matthews. He says, what does it say about the coaching staff that a Dogo with one year of NFL training and experience can't get a real shot at the starting job and training camp? Meanwhile, Becton comes in and is expected to start from day one with just... NCAA Louisville coaching Gase and his staff obviously can't coach Up Adoga which is a shame In fairness to Gase and his staff You can't really compare Adoga To Makai Becton because The talent level is much different Makai Becton is somebody that everybody recognizes As a potential blue chipper Whereas Adoga was a guy That was brought in with the possibility Of maybe eventually Being able to turn him into a Solid starting tackle So it's not really fair to say that because Adoga has and broken out in camp That somehow means that Gase and his staff are negligent I'm not the biggest Gase fan But I don't think you could pin that one on him
0: I I think it says Way more about Adoga I mean we're comparing Makai Becton To uh, to Adoga here uh, I I was Cool, I liked the pick of Adoga At the time because of his potential But uh, We've talked about Makai Becton being raw But Adoga was more raw and needed more work and more refinement than uh, Beckton did and Beckton has a way higher physical ability and ceiling there. Uh they're this they're not comparable situations here. Um it's like wondering why Sam Darnold got to start this, uh, his rookie year and James Morgan is not getting the opportunity to start his rookie year. It's basically Uh, It's basically that It's not quite as extreme But it's basically that Um, Listen, Frank Pollock has had a lot of success In his career before getting here Last year was a struggle Um, He did not do a good job with that group But that group also was just bad This group does not seem to be much better Uh, There's a lot that we can point to with the coaching staff and certainly they don't get credit for what they're doing with this offensive line i just struggle with how much blame they get for the offensive line because when you have a lack of talent and ability there's only so much coaching you can do this is the nfl like you can't uh bill belichick can't coach a group of guys like this to be all pros it's just not happening uh you, you need talent to work with in the NFL, and there's a big gap there. Now, you could certainly argue that Adoga, we should see a little more out of Adoga. Um, the coaching staff should have been able to coach him up a little bit more, but I I just don't – this. the fact that Fant has been penciled in as a starter says way more about Adoga and also way more about Becton being penciled in from day one. And you, we know with Beckton, like, again, Doga was a project and also taken by the previous GM. So that factors into it as well. They don't have uh, any, uh, anything invested in a Doga. There's uh, Joe Douglas and Adam Gase. Uh, if he goes, it's whatever to them. Uh, with B- Beckton, Joe Douglas is going to need him to succeed. So – you can go ahead and throw him out there early and not worry if he's not completely ready, but give him that experience to build upon. So you can—it's fair to give him a little bit of credit, say a uh, blame, and say that you think that uh, they should be able to get more out of him at this point. But that—that's as far as I'd be willing to go because that's just not uh, comparing a Adoga to Beckton is not a fair comparison.
1: Next question from Gaston confused. He says, "Chris, any chance you could convince the Jets?" To play Steven Regal's "Real Man's Man" theme song anytime Braden Man comes out in training camp to punt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, 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 I highly doubt it. Uh, I, I might try to float that uh, float, float that by somebody at practice. Again, this is a, the pandemic is screwing us again though because I'd have a better chance of floating, or I would absolutely be able to float that idea, and during a normal training camp. Uh, one of the PR guys who I would who I would float that to, to, and I would push for, and who would actually might say something to somebody. I, I he's not outside at all uh, this year in training camp, so I can't just do it, Maybe I'll text him. I don't know. I, I'll I'll see if I can float that idea past some
1: people. <laughs> Next question comes in from Michael Christopher. He says. Chris watching somebody like Brant Boyer at training camp What does he appear to be like as a coach Is he fiery more of a teacher His units always seem to finish well So I wonder why his units are so successful While at the same time Gase's offense hasn't
0: been Yeah well first I'll just say here with uh, The Gase and Boyer and their coaching style Everything but why their success with Boyer That's unrelated as well Gase is big two has two big problems as a coach number one he's a poor communicator at, at times and number two is he's too married to his scheme um not willing to adjust and adapt his scheme those are the two big problems there um otherwise I, I think Gates has a lot of other stuff about uh, being a coach uh, good but he can be a poor communicator in certain times. Boyer, though, Boyer is – he he is firing when he feels he needs to be. He's quiet and calm when he feels he needs to be. Most of the time, he's just calm and out there and running the special teams smooth, without a hitch. He's talking to people. You see them listening and, and really listening and responding to what he's saying. But when he needs to, he will go and he will snap and charge and he will uh, get riled up and he will get in somebody's faces, somebody's face and tell them what they're doing wrong. Uh, he has a very good balance about him. And you can see the way that he communicates with players and the way that commu- players communicate with him, the way that they listen and they take in what he says. You can see all this out on the field. And it's I I talk about this like a lot of times we get special teams questions and I and I'm like yeah how close am I paying attention to this honestly because special teams some especially this year uh, <clears throat> you know if I want to take a sip of my water I, I go I turn around I walk like ten feet away from everybody I uh, take my mask down take the water I'm not looking I I just try to save that for special teams because it's special teams but when I'm watching special teams. More often than not, I'm kind of just watching Brant Boyer, and I'm watching the way he's moving around and he's coaching. And he strikes that balance, and he's perfectly encapsulates what people say when they talk about a special teams coach and how the special teams coach has to be able to talk to and relate to every player on the roster. He's He's got to know – Everybody from different positioning groups, and he's got to have a good relationship with all those. And you can see that, and you can see that this year, you can see that every year he's been here, he has that balance down to a science.
1: Michael Christopher also has another question involving Gase and in coaching. He says, compared to Bowles' training camps, what is similar and what is different between him and Gase in the way that they run training camp? Do you see any player development specific drills with Gase or Bowles teaching young players before, or after practice, or players staying after practice and working on their craft?
0: Uh no. And well, first, I, I gotta, I have to look back to last year's training camp to really make this comparison. Just again, because this year's training camp is so different than anything I've ever seen. And that has nothing to do with Gase. Uh, That just has to do with the differences in training camp this year. Um, But no, it practice is pretty much run the same. The only real difference that I can say there is, Bowles was much more involved with the defense and Gase is much more involved with the offense. So I, I, when Bowles was here, I could see him going over to positioning groups and trying to take players through something on defense. And this with Gase, I see him going over to receivers and quarterbacks and going over stuff with them, uh, leaving Greg Williams to handle the defense. So that that's really the only difference they do basically the same positional drills and individual drills. Um, they, you know, over time, certain drills have been phased out, but that's not having to do with either coaches. Um, there's no, you know, obviously there's no Oklahoma drills and stuff anymore. There, There's lots of stuff like that. They don't hit the sleds and attack the sleds like they used to. Uh, I don't think that's anything to do with, with gays and bowls, as much as that's just kind of the way that the NFL is changing away from some of that stuff. Um, they still do it. It's not like it's not at all, but they don't do it nearly as much as they used to. But yeah, so I I'd say they the, the way that they run training camp practices are very, very similar. It's just them specifically put more attention on positions on their side of the ball.
1: Next question comes in from Jets Gonna Jet. He says, is it crazy to overreact to these reports of these bad practices, especially for the offense? Are they just working out the kinks as far as general lack of chemistry this early on and opening up the playbook and trying different things?
0: This is an excellent question because it's something that I've really been struggling with myself trying to figure out because I've i been watching – and I'm just like, oh, this is bad. Like, this is going to be terrible. Because, no, I haven't had high expectations for this team coming into the season. But right now, I'm sitting there like, this is going to get ugly. This is going to be bad. And I I, I feel like it's my duty as a reporter to uh, prepare fans for this reality. But then I just, every time I really get into that and I sink into that feeling, I do sit there and go, a lot of new pieces, crazy off-season, crazy training camp, not able to do all the things that they really want to do. There, We have, you know, uh, the COVID uh, delayed everything. Then they got it in. Everything felt kind of weird. And they had to take a practice off the other day, talk about social just, justice stuff. Um, there just seems to be uh, disruptions to the normal flow of stuff, and that can't help. Um you know they would. Uh, I forget who said it, but it was talked specifically about Makai Beckett. I think it was Gates. He said, you know, at first he was really impressing everybody right off the bat, and then there was a little dip because he had some rookie struggling. But now he's kind of getting to balance it out a little bit and play a little bit better again. His it's going back up, which is exactly what you hope for and exactly what you want to see, and that's completely understandable. Again, rookie had has some technique things he needs to work on. That there's going to be a dip. There's going to be dips at points in the season. So I, I sit there and I'm thinking, okay, how much of that is this? Because it has to be some of it. But then I go back and I look at the roster, and especially with the receivers and this offensive line, and that's, that's what gets me back to being like, yeah, this is alarming. Um, it's alarming because – it looks really bad, and then I look at the roster and I say, "How could I expect it to not be bad with this receiver group they have, with the offensive line getting beat up and and uh, schooled the way that they are? How how am I looking at what I'm seeing and expecting it to turn make make a significant jump around? I I, I just don't know. So I I feel like these that this next like week and a half. It's, I, it's my responsibility and my duty to go out of my way to prepare the fans for this, that this, this season has the potential to get really ugly. Now it, it's, it has the possibility to turn around and maybe they struggle really hard for the first four weeks and then something clicks and then that makes me look foolish. But unless there's going to be dra- some drastic changes in this roster or pl- players that I'm looking at with – skeptical eye just turn into different players all of a sudden i think this is going to get really ugly
1: next question comes in from jim d he says have you seen any changes or anything new with gase's offense so far in training camp chris we had andy vasquez on the show yesterday and one thing that he talked about was that adam gase actually started to use Le'Veon bell as a receiver in fact There's video of this over on the Jets' social media and at NewYorkJets.com of Le'Veon Bell making a fantastic catch as a wide receiver for a touchdown at MetLife Stadium. So that's one thing that we know that he's changed a little bit, at least in training camp. Whether he does it in the regular season, I can't say. Anything else that you've noticed change-wise with Adam Gase's offense in training camp?
0: Not only am I going to say that that I haven't really noticed anything different, I'm also going to go back and say that that Le'Veon Bell stuff isn't that much different. Uh, We got some of that in training camp last year. We got Ty Montgomery and Le'Veon Bell on the field at the same time a lot in training camp. Remember how often they used Ty Montgomery last year? It wasn't a lot. Um, remember, Remember training camp last year? all of us reporters raving about Ty Montgomery and how much they were going to use Ty Montgomery and how good he was looking. And then the season came and he got very few touches. Um, And we talked about them both being on the field at the same time about the ability to use a bell as a receiver. He did a lot of things in training camp last year that made me think, okay, maybe he did learn something. He he is adding some new wrinkles and, and that never showed up in the season. And so yes, he's using Le'Veon Bell as receiver a little bit more. And you should cling to hope for that because they're going to need that to have him. But I'm gonna hesitate on expecting that to be the actual case. Um I'm gonna need to see it in games before I, I, I fully believe it.
1: Final question of the mailbag comes in from say my he says, has Gase used any four wide receiver sets in training camp? And with the depleted wide receiver core right now, if you had to guess if the jets run a four wide receiver set during an actual game, who will (laughs) the four wide receivers be?
0: Do, do I, do I get a suit up for this? (laughs) Go out there, try to try to run a go
1: route.
0: Um, Woo boy. Uh, there's been some, uh, and I, I feel like there might be, there probably would have been more if, you know, they had four receivers, they felt confident sending out there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it hasn't been great. And right now, so, okay, the four receivers, uh, Crowder, Hogan, uh, Dante Moncrief, and Raxton Berrios. Uh, no, I Jeff Smith, if he comes back, Jeff Smith's going to be – uh, if he comes back, uh, they got word that the shoulder injury is not too serious, so maybe he would be the fourth. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Cager. I didn't pick him to make the roster because of this injury right now. I think you could see, you know, maybe a pup uh, practice squad type of move there until he heals up. So the, the options aren't good. It's – well, uh, you – uh, Perriman obviously if assuming that that swelling comes down and he he's going to be fine so you got Perriman, Hogan, Crowder and then Moncrief the, the, that's that's what I'm going with I'm going to say that those are the top four guys at least until after week one when they can then they'll probably go out and sign Demarius Thomas and bring him in for week two.
1: Seems like Demarius Thomas is probably their best option right now, which doesn't say a lot for what's available at wide receiver, but as the saying goes, Chris, you got to play the cards you're dealt. So I guess we'll see how this develops, but right now, believe it or not, Demarius Thomas feels like an option that would make a lot of sense. For this team if this continues To happen and if some of these guys don't get Healthy Chris Nimbley the owner Operator lead reporter whole shebang over Jets thanks so much for coming On and answering some training camp Questions with me we'll get back to Training camp tomorrow in the Meantime though plenty of content For people to check out over at Jets yeah I
0: got one uh, I'm cooking Up now it's like I said About a uh, preparing The fans for this I know you know, one of, one of our favorite guys asking questions, uh, one of the favorite people asking questions for us prepared for disappointment will be ready for this. They probably <laughs> don't need the warning as as much as everybody else, but the, the just take that for what it is. The person that wouldn't uh, handle is prepared for disappointment, probably the only one that doesn't need to hear this message from me.
1: Oh, boy. (laughs) Sounds both intriguing and terrifying. Check it out over at JetsInsider.com. Follow Chris on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we would be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.